I think also maybe a quick question here about the trade-offs, for example. And in soft robotics community, we have this trade-off between sometimes for any conductive polymer, the, the mechanical performance and response time. I don't know what could be the uh, like unavoidable trade-off for when you design ROBP, for example. So it's, ch it's challenging to work in this scale. What could be unavoidable trade-offs? Unavoidable trade-offs. I mean, I think that the classic one in soft robotics specifically is the trade-off between, uh, you know, delicate, uh, you know, low force, low contact force interactions, whether it's for locomotion or grasping manipulation and precision. Mm. And, and so, you know, that brings about a question of control, of modeling, of sensing. And, and I, I, you know, I see that that's to me where the, where the trade-off exists. If, if you, you know, there, there's the trade-off, I guess I was alluding to just a minute ago about actuation. You know, if I had a super high performance muscle-like actuator, some of these challenges might be alleviated. Um, but the sort of overarching set of trade-offs in soft robotics in my mind are, are these trade-offs between uh, precision and, uh, and, and compliance and delicate interactions. So maybe I'm curious about the challenges. We something still maybe unsolvable dilemma for you in designing and modeling. You still, yeah, want to tackle this challenge. What that should, should, could be uh, from your experience? Yeah, that, that's um, there's been a, a lot of fantastic work on you know the, the 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 things that and going back to the precision thing. The, the thing that we lose, of course, is if we if we have if we assume rigid kinematic chains mm -hmm. that forward inverse kinematics, dynamics, et cetera, is, is solved and has been solved for decades. So that's that's great. Uh, the second we go away from that, then the, the computational complexity, we could do the same thing and we do do the same thing, you know, just breaking it down and thinking about a con, you know, a continuously compliant system uh, as a set of rigid links and compliant joints, but now there's a huge amount of them and we can do that. But of course the computational complexity, computational cost of doing that goes way up. So there's another trade-off I think is in the sort of precision of modeling versus the precision or versus the, the sort of speed of modeling and, and the sort of throughput you could get. And that, you know, on one hand, you know, we, we could develop, we, we, a lot of people are using finite element techniques for, uh, you know, exploring uh, soft devices in, in their designs. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, but the, you know, the iteration time perhaps can start to approach the time it would take to experimentally build one of these things and actuate it, you know, investigate it, characterize it, whatever. So, so I think there, there's a, a, a uh, there's some difficulty here in trying to decide where to live in that space, ranging from you know precision of a model to speed of a model. And there's a number of frameworks which I think are emerging, and you know we're developing one. Uh, you know, the other aspect of this, which is maybe subtle, but, but important is how easy these things are to use. Can we, can we develop something that could be a ROS plugin? Can we develop something that would be, you know, Python based that would be, you know, easy for people to pick up? Can we develop a soft robot URDF equivalent uh, that would allow us to, you know, do the types of, of, of sort of design studies in simulation that we might not, that we're currently really um, tied to experiments for. So, so I think that the, the modeling question is, is, is very important. And I think it also has a strong connection to what I was saying before of this trade-off between uh, precision in, you know, motion precision, for example, or, or, mm -hmm. or, 
force or contact force, uh, you know, precise control over contact force, etc. And and versus just sort of you know being less precise with our models, less precise with our controllers, and allowing the compliance of the system to take over. So maybe for the material selection, do you think we have a, a deep understanding of the smart material? And when you select this kind of material, is it you think about what could be better for functionality or man manufacturing? How you assess that? And what kind of material you aspire to have as well? You think it could be uh, advantageous for your designing? So I think this is where uh, one of the things that's most exciting about soft robotics to me is that we've opened up the door to connections with material scientists. And in, mm -hmm. in a way that, that I, you know, I'll say, you know, for my own institution at, at Harvard, very strong uh, historically in, in material science and very strong in particular in soft condensed matter physics. But none of them, I don't think would call, you know, the, my colleagues there would, I don't think they would have, you know, 10 years ago thought of themselves as roboticists. But now, there, you know, there's there's half a dozen or more people who are developing uh, materials that they're that they can easily connect with challenges in soft robotics. Whether it's you know meta materials that deform in interesting ways, uh, uh, whether it's you know materials that could be useful for actuation, um, dielectric elastomer, you know, different elastomer formulations that would be uh, conducive either for the performance or the fabrication of dielectric elastomers. Novel techniques for additive manufacturing of you know complex topologies of of three D of of, of, of uh, soft robots. So. So I think that that's one of the, the sort of really positive benefits of this thrust in soft robotics is bringing other aspects of science into the robotics realm. And in terms of what I would want in terms of materials, um, I, I think I'm, I'm biased a little bit towards some of our current efforts in studying dielectric elastomer actuators. Uh, and, and so there, there's a number of, it's probably too, you know, too many to get too deep into in, in this discussion, but you know we we do have a, a sort of wish list of material properties that we would want from elastomer electrodes. I think we're at the stage now for a lot of things, dielectric elastomers being one, but perhaps other soft robot components, be, you know, that I could name as well. I could tell you what material properties we want, and I mm -hmm. can tell you that you know with with pretty you know pretty specific ranges on material properties on dielectric prop whatever. Uh, and so, so I think that we're in a very good spot now. Now, again, connecting the dots with our material scientist colleagues to try to sort of understand that polymer chemists uh, to try to understand are there are there existing solutions or can we come up with uh, custom solutions for this? Mm -hmm. uh, I think we're at the stage where we can do that now. Yeah, and maybe here is also maybe yeah our argument about the trade-off between or maybe between ionic one ionic conductive polymer and the electric the the high voltages. Do you think one day can combine both of them just? to have this feature of low power and also high mechanical performance, for example. Do you think that something could be viable to be done? Yeah, I mean, this is another set of trade-offs. And this, this also goes back to my comments on, on uh, the sort of perfect actuator, soft actuator, artificial muscle, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it doesn't yet exist really, right? And because I can find challenges with any one of these, right? So there's, maybe it's, you know, the IPMC type actuators, uh, the ionically driven actuators, Great, they have you know low voltages, they're compliance, uh, but the time constants are slow. You know, dielectric elastomers, 
you know, have a lot of nice properties, reasonably high energy densities, you know, bandwidth succeeding artificial muscle, but right, they're, they're field driven, so they require relatively high voltages. Um, so, so I think, you know, I can't speak too much to the IPMC, ionically driven actuator world, but for dielectrical elastomers, a lot of it, in my opinion, is going to be driven by fabrication techniques. Can we bring techniques from soft lithography from uh, even MEMS or IC uh, derived techniques to bear on creating, for example, you know, multi-layer stacks of DEAs where the individual layers have, uh, you know, are several microns thick and are, uh, you know, are, are, you have uniformities on the order of, you know, tens to hundreds of nanometers. Uh, can we do similar things with, uh, you know, electrodes maybe that are based, you know, what we do is based upon either silver nano, uh, silver nanowires or uh, single wall carbon nanotubes or, you know, whatever there's, mm -hmm. I think that some of these sort of practical challenges, which are, you know, a, a, a barrier for some of these actuators, dielectric elastomers, for example, mm -hmm. I think we can start to lower those, you know, incrementally to get down to, you know, hundred hundreds of volts, maybe even less than a hundred volts. Yeah. And, you know, if we start to cross that barrier, then, mm -hmm. then you know, the yeah. practical, practical side kind of goes away.